As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mates Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, now, now. And what's up, Obscurians? It's time for another episode of Obscurity Now, the show that takes a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media. Then we decide if they should be remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black void of obscurity, never to be heard from again. My name is Steve, and with me, he's the wrestler Sting's favorite partner, even though they've never worked together. (laughs) It's... Uh, hell. hey, how's it going, uh, robo-friend? <laughs> it's going great. I, I prefer to be called a robosexual. Uh, that's how I oh, identify oh, okay. these. Please, I, pronouns, pal. <laughs> I, I apologize, uh, Mr. Robosexual. But can we just touch on that AEW episode uh, real quick? I mean, you got the reference, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. When, yeah, when, uh, when Sting uh, was like a WCW pay per view. Uh, well, go ahead. You you seem eager. Well, no, no. To, I mean, uh, yeah. We're. I mean, I'm going to use that as a transition. But basically, from two weeks ago, when Sting was announcing that he's uh, retiring, um, please uh, bear with us as we discuss wrestling, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, Darby, Darby Allen was my favorite partner." Like, really, Sting? Like. You tagged with that guy for a cup of coffee, like better than Arn Anderson. <laughs> I mean, what, what did you think about that? Well, uh, you know, having read quite a few interviews that Sting has done since he's been in AEW, mm-hmm. the guy actually genuinely loves Darby Allen. Oh, I see. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if it's his favorite because I think it's the guy he's had the most tag matches with. I guess that about could because that's all he's pretty much done since he's gotten to AEW. Like, right. Yeah. Sting's always been, well, Sting has always, and Sting has always been, you know, before this, a singles guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's had some tag matches, obviously, and stuff, but, you know, the only regular tag team he was in was with Ultimate Warrior uh, when they were the, <laughs> the Blade Warriors Runners. He the, got the Blade Runners. I thought they were the, oh, no, wait, Warrior was called the Dingo Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and that was, like, before they got to WCW, so... Um, yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, uh, he says that like Darby is always trying to talk him out of doing stupid stuff. Mm. <laughs> like Sting now likes to jump off balconies. Uh, good for him. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's just like, well, I'm about to retire. When am I going to get a chance to do this again? So I... dude, he moves great. Though. Yeah. No, he's I like, don't retire Sting. Please don't. <laughs> uh, don't... <laughs> he's 64 years old. Yeah. Man. Let this man robo rest. Of course. <laughs> Well, they could always just, you know, put him in a robot suit if if anything gets uh, too bad. But I do want to mention one more thing about that episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, and that is, um, all right, so, you know, they were, they were teasing that Tony Khan has a, uh, had a gift for Sting. And what was that gift? A 70-year-old fully grown man <laughs> in Ric Flair. And I, I just think, all right, I, I get it. I get it. It's and it's awesome and everything. I'm glad that Ric Flair was there, but isn't it just weird that billionaires are offering up like fully grown men as gifts? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a little strange. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
But you know, Sting seemed genuinely moved by it. Oh, so, I was uh, moved by it. But it was just—it's just thinking about uh, maybe, it. Maybe you, maybe I should get you a fully grown double uh, ARP triple diamond member for uh, your gift. <laughs> if it's Ric Flair or Sting, I'll take it. It will—it will not be Ric Flair. Oh, oh okay. Sting might just do it just to be a nice guy. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Uh, and speaking of Sting, I bet you'd love to get a Stinger splash. <laughs> hey, I'll never forget the time. Uh, we went and watched uh, a TNA episode, and I got to touch things back. I never washed my hands since. Never. Folks, I had forgotten about that. <laughs> are we, are, now, the maybe, Bubba, maybe, Bubba gave us his maybe, blessing. We were allowed to go watch it because, you yes, know, he controlled yes. every aspect of our careers. Yes, yes. It was like being in a, con- what, what's it called, a conservatorship? Or a cult, uh, almost. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I I don't want us to like uh, lose uh, everybody by talking about wrestling. Right. Too much, okay. But, uh, well, yeah, I think what you were getting at is that there's a pay per view uh, where Sting has somebody come and save him. Who who was that special friend that saved Sting? Well, it was his best tag team partner ever. Even though you know it wasn't official, but RoboCop, RoboCop came oh. and broke Sting out of a cage. Ah, oh, it was the greatest moment that ever happened in professional wrestling. Yeah. And, and, you know, Sting has been put in this cage. I can't remember why, but um, he's like ringside. He's trying to get in to like help his partner, Mm -hmm. I think, right? His actual tech partner. Right, right. Some guy he doesn't give a shit about because Darby Allen is his favorite partner. Exactly. Yeah. Even in 1992, he's like, this is Darby Allen. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyways. um, Oh, look, we have a spam uh, in the chat. Well, actually can't really uh since it's from twitch can't really ban it just twitch. offer promotion Anyways. for your channel viewers followers yeah, any competition the quality is guaranteed <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um anyway uh yeah robocop when he came down the aisle he had zero pep in his step he walked down just as slow as he does in the um, the first movie movies i don't do you know who was in the robocop suit um, I heard Tony Schiavone say it before. It's not, it wasn't Peter Weller, uh, obviously. No, he didn't have those luscious lips. Right, right. It was a, um, a, a stuntman or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember the name. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, uh, you <laughs> so I was hoping you could okay. for me, uh, so yeah, if you thought that I had maybe done <laughs> no, I didn't. Research? I wasn't even. Uh, no, I, I mean no, I was only no, going to briefly I, uh... touch on uh, the awesomest moment in professional wrestling. Um, but uh, but yeah, so of course uh, RoboCop is uh, not obscure, but the franchise has been around for a while, and it's got some stuff that uh, people don't exactly talk about all that much in 2023. Of course, uh, people know about RoboCop 1, uh, what I think is possibly a uh, perfect film. Um, And then there's, of course, two other movies after that, which uh, vary depending on your uh, tastes. But uh, and then there's a um, a TV show which we're going to review the pilot later on this month because it's Robovember, everyone. I think I should have mentioned that. And um, Jesus, can you hear that by any chance? No. Okay, Are you asking me or, or Jesus I'm asking Christ? you. Uh, because, of course, whenever oh, okay. I start podcasting, that's when someone runs a leaf blower. Um, but um, anyway, 
let's just hey every, everyone has their kink and i'm not gonna shame that <laughs> somebody's kink is blowing a leaf blower uh full blast while someone's recording a podcast that's that's I, not a I kink hope they have a great that's orgasm. just trolling someone is what that is uh but anyway no, yes no, is that... there there's an orgasm happening right now and you're <laughs> a part of it uh, i wish i wish they would stop um but uh anyway so as i was saying it's Robovember uh, in conjunction with the uh, RoboCop Rogue City game, which I'm hearing is getting uh, mixed reviews. Uh, did you? You didn't happen to play it by any chance, did you? Um, I haven't played it yet, though. Apparently, there was a PC demo out. Yeah, uh, I went. But uh, actually, the I went looking for that demo because I thought you know demos did like it did back in the '90s, where they're always there. But I went on Steam, and it wasn't there. Yeah, it was like a limited. It was only available during certain oh, dates. Oh, that's bullshit. Uh, it, it was almost like a beta testing thing because, like, like some people complained about. I, I can't remember what it was. Something in the demo not working right, and they actually fixed it uh, and put the demo out again. Uh, I mean, I've been following the production of the RoboCop game. I mean, not you know with like a microscope or anything, but basically, I heard it was coming out and. I'm in a RoboCop group on uh, Facebook, which I don't think they uh, allowed me to, to post a link to this episode. Whatever, whatever, screw them. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, this game just keeps getting pushed back further and further. And then now it finally got released in November. And some people say it's great and some people say otherwise. Well, I, uh, I know three people that have it that are playing it whose opinions are... You know they're they're YouTube gamers, mm-hmm. Steve. They're in the circle. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, they all like really really liked it uh, a lot, actually. Oh, uh, so I've heard only good things. I haven't gotten it just because I thought it was because um, it's not technically a triple A game. It's like a double A game. Mm-hmm. So usually those are like priced uh, like forty forty five bucks. Um, I was surprised when I saw it was full price sixty bucks. So I'm I'm gonna wait for it to go to, on sale because I don't think the game is like even that long mm-hmm. um i'll find out here and by the way you were right um that it was a stunt person that played mm-hmm. um robocop and wcw but uh yeah it looks like the game is about 19 hours long so i mean I, I like games that are less than 20 hours so that's great for me but you know most people when you're paying 60 bucks you're expecting a 40 plus hour uh uh-huh. game Right. Um, but uh, yeah, you're, you're 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 expecting the full Peter Weller experience, <laughs> not a not not a RoboCop stunt man. Well, I mean, experience. he is providing the uh, the voice actor or the voiceover for RoboCop in the game. It's actually Peter Weller. No, I know it's mm-hmm. Peter Weller. I'm saying that for sixty dollars, you expect the Peter Weller experience, not the forty dollar WCW RoboCop. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, try try to keep up, please. Yeah, well, I'm trying to to pin the thing in the chat like, you know, we were told to by... You did it. I know, I saw, I saw. I'm so proud of myself. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, all right, back to RoboCop, uh, the franchise. Do you remember your first um, exposure to RoboCop, be it as a movie, cartoon? When was the first time you heard about him? Uh, I mean, it was definitely the movie, first movie, uh, and I know I watched it. I just can't remember if I watched it in theaters or when it hit VHS or something like that. But yeah, I mean, I definitely watched it, you know, back then mm-hmm. uh, around when it came out. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. 
Oh, I'm I'm right there with you. I know I definitely didn't get to see it in the uh, theater because I was uh, too young. Um, even though my dad took me to plenty of rated R movies back then, uh, but I think uh, RoboCop would probably be a little too sci-fi for him. Um, but I do know <laughs> that one of my friends, like back in like second or maybe even like third grade had a uh, dubbed VHS copy that was making the rounds back in, like, elementary school. And uh, that mm-hmm. may have been the first time I uh, I saw it all the way through. Um, but, yeah, oh, man, I loved it. And, I mean, I'd say it made a huge impression on me, it made me a fan of science fiction, uh, robots. Of course, back then I didn't understand the satire, but, you know, now I do. And I'm, it's just, like, one of those things where – you know, you can look at it from a different angle as a as an adult, and you're like, "Wow, that film is pretty genius." Um, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, I watched all of the sequels. I remember I actually went. Uh, I think RoboCop three came out like uh, the day after Christmas, or maybe even like Christmas night. And I had my parents drop me off so I could watch RoboCop three. And uh, yeah, that's the one that most people uh, would say suck. Uh, sucks did you see robocop 3 by any chance man i did but i honestly can't remember a single thing let me refresh your memory okay there is a oh good (laughs) there's a robot ninja um robo Mm, wait i i like it yeah (laughs) yeah there robocop has uh he can remove his hand and replace it with like 20 more guns Oh yeah, okay. That sounds vaguely familiar. So he's got a like like uh, a Captain Hook buff. Yeah, something like that. And uh, there is a jetpack. There's a scene where RoboCop flies at the end. You remember that? Sounds familiar, and I see why I got green lit, Steve. <laughs> I uh, was if I was an ex- a student executive, I'd be like, I'm sold. Can I have a cameo? Well, uh, the big thing with uh, that one is, of course, I guess the regular. Uh, RoboCop fan base. I don't think it has like a fun name or anything. The RoboCox. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the RoboCox. Us RoboCox. Yeah, we uh, they weren't too thrilled with it being uh, PG thirteen. Uh, I remember, I don't know, as a thirteen or fourteen year old, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Um, of course. Basically, everything after the... Nothing holds up to the first movie. I mean, because, like I said, I mean, I think it's basically a a perfect movie. But, um, I don't know, some stuff comes close. And as Robovember progresses, uh, we will uh, we will touch on that stuff. Uh, but, uh, anyway, enough about... Uh, oh, and just uh, very quickly, uh, Robocop himself was created by the writers of the original film, uh, Edward Neumeyer and uh, Michael Miner. Apparently, they took a lot of um, inspiration from Judge Dredd, um, which I could definitely see that. Um, The comic, obviously, um, not the Sylvester Stallone movie that came out afterwards. Um, But uh, so when was the first time you had ever heard of um, RoboCop Prime Directives? Uh, I think it would have to be when you mentioned uh, (laughs) RoboCop Prime Directives to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I knew that there was a TV series that, uh, like an American one, this is not it. This is a Canadian produced, um, I, I don't know if I'd call it a series or a set of four made for TV movies. That's what I would call it. Uh, mm-hmm. it it's almost like a mini series that they took a long time to air. Yeah. Uh, cause they, oh, oh actually no, that's not even true. Cause they spread it out. Uh, I think when I looked at the airing order, like over four weeks, mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, it's basically uh, it was Canadian produced series. It's four uh, you know ninety minute made for TV Robocop movies. And so I had never heard of this before you mentioned it, and I assumed it was going to be like the TV series, which is a little bit more family I don't friendly. Know if I would say family friendly. Yeah. Well, it's it's RoboCop, right? It's definitely cleaned up. It's something you could presumably watch with, you know, at least like a twelve year old or something. Sure. Um, sure. But this ain't it. They they went back uh, surprisingly violent. Yes. Uh, in this. In this Absolutely. Uh, so. Did you watch this uh, growing up? I did, uh, and it. it came out in 2001 i uh, uh at least in the u.s it premiered on the sci-fi channel and somehow i had heard about it i think i remember actually reading a um like an article in some magazine at the grocery store while i was waiting for my mom to like get done shopping or something and uh i got i remember i watched like the first and the second uh movie or episode if you will and then for whatever reason, the, uh, the rest of the movies I, I missed. But I went back uh, years later. I went and watched the whole thing and uh, got to rewatch it again to discuss it with you, old chum. So uh, shall we dive a little bit deeper into RoboCop Prime Directive's Dark Justice? Let's do it. Welcome to your feature All right. So, yeah, as you hell said, um, RoboCop uh, Prime Directives. It's a four feature length uh, TV movies. Each one uh, runs about one hour, 35 minutes. Um, I really don't know how they were able to get away with so, so much violence. I guess uh, things were different back in 2001. Uh, I don't know. Um, and uh, it, I guess Canada, Canada maybe has different standards. Maybe it's like in uh, the UK where after a certain hour, you know, it's like anything goes. Baby. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Uh, but I yeah, I remember I, I guess like you could say it was a cable edge for uh, the, uh, the US and like on sci fi. And in the early 2000s, things were still uh, pretty edgy, I would say. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I guess as long as you don't have, like, too much swearing or any nudity, that's okay for the FCC yeah. here in the USA. I mean, it, it's violent. Just to be clear, it's violent, but it's not, like, as violent as, like, the RoboCop movies. Right, you right, know? right. RoboCop doesn't shoot anyone in the dick. I know everyone was excited. They wanted to see another <laughs> RoboCock shot, as they like to call it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it doesn't happen in any of these. And... uh it's like, a, I don't know, I'd say it's like a John Woo level of violence almost, but not with not too much blood. But there is blood in there. I, I don't know. I yeah, think... I, I would just say that there's blood and there's there's a lot of people that are getting shot and uh, making themselves blow up uh, with uh, the bombs that they've attached to themselves. Oh, man. Did you see the names of some of those guys, the character names? No. Oh, you've you've got to look it up uh, in the cast section when you when we get to it. And uh, speaking like the of, name, not not the names of the actors, the names of the characters. Yeah, like the lead characters okay. who uh, I guess I can't remember if he lives or blows himself up. The leader of because those guys are called the bombs. Uh, his right. name is Malcolm Explode. Oh my God! I see it. Malcolm Explosion. X yeah, that, that's explosion. It. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's so. Oh, yeah. there's a Johnny Nitro. Yep. Oh, see. Oh my God! WWE, uh, <laughs> like Johnny Nitro. 
no, WCW. Uh, yeah. No, John, that's John Morrison's uh, right, right. original yeah. WWE name. Yeah, he was Nitro first for WCW. Then he went to WWE and changed his name. All right, anyway, how did we get no, back No, he was never in WCW. WCW was, was already out of business. Eric Bischoff was the manager, general manager of Raw, and brought in John Johnny, well, who would become Johnny Nitro. He brought him in from Tough Enough, and he, Eric Bischoff told him his name was going to be Johnny Nitro, but... At this point, WCW had already been bought by WWE. Yeah, keep up, Steve. I didn't know. I wasn't watching <laughs> back then. All right, all right. Yeah, I could tell. Anyways, we have Creative KV uh, in the chat. Hello. Uh, he did, I just want to read his chat real quick. He said, Justice is a dish best served dark. <laughs> <laughs> like super smoked. I like my meats burnt as hell. No fear. Hello, oh, friends. man. I wish we had a no fear shirt. Uh, yeah, sorry. Oh, well. Ne- next week, maybe. Probably not. All right. So, uh, yes, uh, RoboCop Prime Directives premiered January 4th, uh, 2001 in Canada. And uh, here's a synopsis uh, for Dark Justice. Uh, RoboCop stumbles across information uncovering an evil group of government officials that must be stopped. Uh, And I can't remember if I mentioned it or not, but Prime Directives takes place 13 years after the original movie and ignores all the sequels and the TV show, which... I think is probably a pretty good choice, um, but uh, we shall see. So uh, this is directed by one Julian Grant, and uh, he directed Relic Hunter. Do you remember that show? Oh, I love that show. You... Big fan. Yeah, yeah. My dad and I used to watch it. Uh, well, I'm a. I my dad and I never did anything together, <laughs> uh, including watching Relic Hunter. No, I, I don't remember that show at all. You don't. It was with. Uh... Oh, shoot. Tia Carrere, and she basically played Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, only they didn't have the uh, right, so they called it something else. The, this sounds familiar, but uh, I do not really in detail recall this. Relic, it, was, if you will. it was pretty cheesy. I mean, you could probably watch, put it in between oh, really? like Hercules and Xena and just have a nice big cheese sandwich to watch for three hours. Ah, perfect, perfect. But I was a big... Uh, uh, by the way, Creative Kivy did bring another No Fear shirt since I didn't. I actually like this one. Don't make promises you can't break. No fear. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. Uh, But uh, aside from that, I know Julian hasn't done too much stuff. Uh, Some movie called The Cropsy Incident, which I think I have heard of. And The Defiled, which basically just seemed like kind of like mid to low budget uh, horror movies. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And uh, the writers of RoboCop Prime Directives include one Brad Abraham. Oh, writers with a T. Yes, there are two. Uh, I, I was like the writers of RoboCop. What's going on here? Uh, you want you, you want me to get Canadian on you and give you the hard T for everything? Uh, Come no, on, man, no, we're no, from no. the I south, just, bro. I, I, I just thought that you were gonna tell us a story about sex on the set of RoboCop. Or something. <laughs> 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 Some Robo sex. Robo uh, you know what? Let's just move on. <laughs> Robolingus. <laughs> well, I was gonna say Robo Caninculus, but it doesn't kind of. You'll you'll figure it out. I know how yeah, that yeah. Uh, disgusting worry, brain worry, of yours guys. works. You'll... I'll get it. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, Brad Abraham, he uh, wrote a film called A Fresh Meat, some ridiculous sounding TV show called I Love Mummy, and that's Mummy is an M U M M Y, is in Mummies Alive. Mm. And then something Robo else. copulation. <laughs> See, I, I knew you it. could do it. Yay! I got it. I got it. Hey, yeah, go. yeah I right. did it. I did it. That, 
That's the end of the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Go out on a high note. All right. Uh, and something else called the Pico Incident, and then his writing partner in this uh, uh, quadrilogy of films is uh, Joseph O'Brien. He wrote something called The Devil's Mile, Brave Storm, and he also worked on Fresh Meat. So I guess they were a writing. They met on Fresh Meat and went on to write RoboCop Prime Directives. Mm-hmm. And uh, the story, but sort of behind. Uh, how prime directives came to be is this Canadian production company called fireworks entertainment. They had uh, the TV rights and they decided at the last minute they wanted to do something uh, with them uh, before they lost them. So they yeah, hired. Apparently their, their rights to Robocop was going to be expiring in the, in the near future. Mm-hmm. So they got a guy, um, the director, Julian Grant, who's known for finishing on time and under budget. And uh, then I guess the rest is, well, obscure that's, history. That's how I like my uh, my escorts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? <laughs> and robotic, of course. Uh, so yes, uh, yes. please uh, enlighten us. Who are some of the thespians who performed in front of the camera on uh, RoboCop Prime Directive's Dark Justice? Oh, uh, sure. Uh, I certainly will. Uh, by the way, Creative Kivy had made a comment about how the real tragedy of the story of the RoboCop is that Alex Murphy became bald. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, like, you don't like bald dudes? Well, you know, it, it's weird. It's like he had no choice. Uh, like, is he bald or do they just do they have to constantly shave him bald? I mean, I was uh, under the like I was under the impression that, I mean, basically. Well, the back half of his skull is gone. Right. Yeah, skin, yeah. So. so they had to, you know, repair his brain and hook a bunch of crap up to it anyway. So in the operation process, it just killed his ability to grow hair. I see. Yeah. Right. I'm glad you have a headcanon for this, Steve. Hey, I, 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 love I was afraid Robo-cock. you weren't taking being a robococker seriously. <laughs> As I told you, you it's a ro- I'm a robosexual. Oh, robosexual! <laughs> I thought the fans were called the Robocockers. Oh, the Robococks. <laughs> Robocockers. That sounds like I think I like that better. Marty Janetti like tag team after the Rockers. <laughs> he did have a failed tag team called the New Rockers. Right, I'm familiar after with that. It. With like Al Snow as like. They didn't yep. call him Leaf Cassidy, but That's it was like. It. Yep. <laughs> oh, was that what they called Leaf Cassidy? Yeah, yeah. Anyways, Jesus Christ, let's get into this cast. So playing fake RoboCop, we've got Paige Fletcher, oh, not I don't my call RoboCop. Him that, but anyway, uh, anyways, this guy is replacing Peter Weller. Uh, I wasn't crazy about his performance um, at times. Uh, I hate the way he moves as RoboCop. It's a little hard to take in. It's kind of grown he... on me over the years. Go over ahead. The years. Mm-hmm. I told <laughs> Do you. I revisit this often. I've seen the first episode a few times. Uh, is everything okay at home? What's, what's going on? <laughs> I, like, I don't want to tip my hand too, too. You know, I don't want to tip my hand yet about how I feel about okay, okay, Prime Directives. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry. I just keep thinking of like terrible RoboCop puns. Um, all right, so you don't like the way that Paige Fletcher moves as RoboCop? I can understand that. Yeah, 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 because yeah. he moves like like if if you ever had like a like an, a small action figure that's got like a button that you push to make them move, and they like suddenly move their hips and waist around, and their arms go like up really high. That's kind of how he walks. Like he's uh, almost like he's marching. Yeah, it's really you kind of that. You, yeah, really, that's kind of hard to take in at first. I'll also yeah. say that. 
I meant to look up how tall Peter, Peter Weller was when they shot the first movie. Be, or Peter maybe... Weller was when he was doing pornography, I believe, in the 70s. <laughs> Peter <laughs> Weller never did porn. Believe me, I uh, looked. Pete Peeler <laughs> Weller did. Peeler Weller. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, but I'll, I'll say the way uh, this <laughs> RoboCop looks, he looks small at times. Really? Uh yeah, you're right. Actually, I don't know why I was about to argue with you. Um, yeah, he, he definitely seems shorter. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's more compact. He's got a lower center of gravity, though, so maybe that'll help him if he, I don't know, wants to give somebody a German suplex, uh, something <laughs> where with a lower center of gravity. He uh, straps on the uh, jetpack and uses it as a yeah. know, battering ram. Yeah, that'll work to his advantage. But anyways, this Paige Fletcher guy, um, he was, I guess, in a TV series in from 1983 to 1997 that doesn't seem quite right it was a soap uh, opera the hitchhiker was a soap opera oh no oh shit i remember the hitchhiker did you watch that i've never even heard of it there's only 83 well there's 83 episodes i don't understand how it went for 14 years well because it's uh, a uh, it's basically a horror anthology series that was on usa and he just hosted. I think I just think some of these dates are wrong, actually. Because yeah. they've got like episode six taking place in 1990, episode seven ninety seven, and then episode nine back in 1990. I think some of the, somebody just did a little boo boo. Get it together, uh, IMDb. Come on. Uh, so in the chat, Creative KV said, "I don't like where you guys are taking these fandom names." <laughs> I stand with the Gator Legion. <laughs> <laughs> the All right. Gators. So, anyways, uh, he's been in. Uh, uh, what did I say? He was in Hitchhiker. Hitchhiker. He was in one of Steve's favorite series to um, regale ladies with when he was, would bring them over. Kung Fu, the legend continues. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> hey, episodes. baby. Want to watch Kung Fu, the legend continues and make out? Hey, baby, you want to watch Prime Directives? Be surprised how often joint. that <laughs> Surprised how often that works. <laughs> All right, God, I'm, I'm going to get to everybody else real quick. So anyways, he plays Alex Murphy, Robocop, slash RoboCop. Next, we have Maurice Dean Wint, who plays uh, John Cable. Uh, the RoboCop's best, head. most Rob Liefeld name ever. Right. <laughs> uh, and later, he becomes, in I guess like the next episode, I did read that he becomes Robo Cable. Oh, it's, yeah, that happens. Um, anyway, so... He has been in a lot of things. I was actually kind of surprised because I did recognize him right away from Cube, the first Cube movie. Oh, I love Cube. Yeah, he. Uh, I remember when I first watched it, it and it was early in his career because um, that came out like in 96 or something like that. But uh, I remember thinking, this guy's like not a bad actor, but sometimes like he he like overdoes it and it like really takes you out of the scene. Mm-hmm. But he's gotten a lot better even even at this point. Uh, when RoboCop came around. And yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. He's got like over 100 credits. Most recently, he's in a TV show called Surreal Estates. He's in 15 episodes of that. Uh, maybe it's a Canadian thing. I don't know, but he's got Probably. a good mix of Canadian and American stuff. Mm-hmm. So. All right, uh, moving right along. We've got Maria Del Mar. She plays Sarah Cable, who's his ex-wife, mm-hmm. as well as uh, like a CEO or like an executive at OCP. OCP yep. She's she's been in a bunch of stuff. Nothing you know or care about. Don't worry about her. <laughs> wow. Moving damn. right along, we. Got... I heard she's listening. <laughs> Fuck. Well, yeah, she's got nothing to do. Ooh. We've got Anthony. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She seems very busy, actually. <laughs> Good for her. We've got Anthony Lemk, 
Lemke. I'm not really sure. He plays James Murphy, who's the son of RoboCop, mm-hmm. uh, or the Robo son, if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he swam out of his RoboCock. Yes, yes. Um, anyways, this guy's been in quite a few things. Uh, I do remember him from Dark Matter, which was a pretty underrated sci-fi channel uh, show. Hmm. Um, that unfortunately got canceled. Thanks a lot, sci-fi. But first two seasons are still fun, worth watching. Uh, he was not in Star Trek, though, so fuck him. Then we've got uh, Kevin Jubinville. Is that a real name? Jubinville? It's Jubinville. That's a hilarious last name. Maybe it's like French-Canadian, because yeah. Maurice is a Canadian actor. So Kevin Jubinville. Uh, <laughs> he Kevin plays Owens. Damien... Yeah. He plays Damian Lowe. He's like a kind of our villain, dickhead executive. Um, he's the Miguel Ferrar of um, of this RoboCop. I already closed his window on accident, so just pretend he was in nothing of importance. Wow. Uh, probably just Canadian stuff, you know, like Bret <laughs> Hart appreciation parades or something. All right. We've got <laughs> David Frazier playing Ed Hobley. Um, Ed Hobley uh, has been in... <laughs> Sorry, I was I was like, why did I even bring this guy up? Because uh, I don't even remember the yeah, character. Which character Edward. is that? Yeah, I don't know why he's listed as the main cast. I think he's just a stunt guy. Anyways, mm. uh, but uh, then we also have Richard Fitzpatrick who plays Bone Machine. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty, pretty cool nickname. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe one that uh, you've had yourself, Steve. Oh yeah, you've been well, called I'd, the Bone Machine. I always told the ladies to call me that while we were watching prime directives it, yeah call me call me bm yeah and i always I laugh like foul and... movement no 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 no, no. <laughs> bone machine and i'm just like <laughs> let's make out <laughs> <laughs> oh perfect uh so uh sorry i'm just reading through the chat here um, every 10 seconds, that RoboCop freeze frame keeps popping up, and it completely sells a ton of what I assume to expect with the acting. <laughs> uh, the acting isn't too bad, actually. For the most part, it's hard. There's a couple people. Commits uh, pretty hard, but, you know, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Um, and then, you know, the thing that Creative Kid is that, oh, geez, that was one of uh, Fletcher's last roles. Never a good sign, usually for acting credits. Yikes. So I don't know if Fletcher died. Um, I would have told you. That's on... the guy that plays... I told you on Alex IMDb Murphy? if he was dead. Unless he's so unimportant. Ah, that, uh, wow. So it doesn't look like it was one of his last roles, though, because uh, RoboCop Prime Directives came out in 2001. Mm. And, you know, he had roles all the way up until, oh, 2002. <laughs> uh, <laughs> his, literally, his next role after this was his last one. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, that's pretty much the cast. Uh, There were actually a few of them, and I do think Paige Fletcher might be one of them that was in Tech War. Um, I can't remember who it was, but there's like there's like two people that are like in a shit ton of Tech War. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're one of these days. We have on our list the Tech War. One of these days. Yes. Sorry, I was taking a sip of my coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, sh- should we get into the the meat of the show? The by the way, Dark Justice. This title, Steve. Mm-hmm. This sounds like two things to me. <laughs> it sounds like either, and they're both DC comics. Okay, right. 
it either sounds to me like a an edgy DC character that would have been in 1995. 90s, yeah, like you know? someone who stood in for Batman, like Azrael Batman, something like that. Okay, yes. So the other thing, funny you mentioned, because the other thing I was thinking was, or like the name of a Batman arc from the yeah, 90s. For sure. And well, I think it's funny that you mentioned comics because I watched uh, the behind the scenes documentary on uh, Prime Directives. And uh, basically the director says that you know, they set it 13 years after so they could, you know, distance themselves and basically kind of do what they want. And it's actually more similar in tone to the Marvel comic that we're going to be reading later on this month. Uh, and that's the words from the director himself. Oh, well, OK. I mean, you can uh, see I it, though, right? That. What's that? Yeah, I see what. I mean, you can see like the sort of campy comic bookness like coming. Oh, through. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Uh, even though I, I guess we, we can go ahead and kind of get into it mm-hmm. um, in the very beginning. You know, there's like this opening. There's like a like you're watching like a news show. Media, I almost called it a month. Here it's, it's called not. Media Net. Like back in the old show, it was Media Break. Um, yeah. But now and since this is post, this is supposed to be what? I guess they're technically in what twenty twenty five or twenty twenty four, something like that. Uh, so now it's media net because it's got to be you know integrated into the internet. Right, right. Um, well, there's there's no shortage of awesome computer usage. Uh, right. In this, yeah. in this TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's this newscast starts off, and some of the news stories are most of them are like serious in world kind of world building stuff. Every once in a while, there'll be like a funny one, but the ticker that they have scrolling is like almost always like saying something hilarious. And uh, I posted a, a picture if you uh, follow us on Twitter at Reptilian Media. Is that that's it? Is that our mm-hmm. thing, Steve? Mm-hmm. Great. L- look at me. Uh, anyways, I, I had posted a picture where basically the ticker is saying at the bottom. Uh, applications are now being accepted for the executive speed urination course. Register <laughs> now. And it's only up for like maybe two seconds. And it's so funny. Yeah, I don't know how you caught that because I was even, I was looking for it uh, after you posted that because I, I watched it, uh, you know, only like a few nights ago and I still couldn't find it. But I did find some, uh, one other funny one. Um, so basically, the movie kicks off with it shows RoboCop's prime directives like typing up on the screen. And then, as Yael said, we get the media net and they're basically discussing what's going on in um, Delta City, um, a.k.a. New Detroit, if you want to call it that. And they're basically talking about Bone Machine, how he's attacking low income housing. He's so hot, how good he is in bed. <laughs> yeah, sure, <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, and then I noticed on the ticker it says, Order bone machine rubble. Click here. Yeah, like 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 order actual destroyed rubble that's actually been destroyed by bone machine where hundreds of people have died. Because uh, I think one of the things that comes up that they talk about is how many people he's killed mm-hmm. in his attacks. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's so you know dystopian. Uh, it's so, and it feels like so real, like something you could possibly see happening with the way corporate greed is where they would, I mean, I'm sure that people sell, you know, rubble from 9-11 for example, yep. you know, yep. but in this case, this is like a corporation, mm-hmm. you know, doing it. So sure. it's extra gross. Yeah. It's a great, uh, satire, which of course what uh, RoboCop one is all about. 
Uh, they also talk about how RoboCop um, is now like older. He just turned 10. And then there's a pretty hilarious commercial for RoboCop's greatest moments. And it's just him like punching windows, throwing bad guys around. Like basically everything you would want to see in a RoboCop's greatest moments yeah. video. And I think I read that that compilation came from the TV series, the American Family Friendly TV series. Yep, that's right. Yeah, and they uh, they weren't allowed to use any of the actual um, uh, clips from film the movie. Footage. Yeah, but they use clips from the film that were in the TV show. Yeah, that was their way around it because I guess like the TV. So basically, MGM wouldn't give them the rights to use the film footage, mm -hmm. but MGM had already given the rights to the previous TV incarnation to use the film footage, and fireworks could use footage from the previous TV yep. series. So, so a clip of a clip. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like that. I kind of like that. It's and... it's not dark justice. It's poetic justice. <laughs> wow. Wow, nailed it. All right, so uh, basically they talk about all the stuff that's going on, and then one of the anchors goes, like, thank you, Robo, for making Delta City the safest city on Earth and cut, hard cut to a massive gun battle. It's at night. It's all dark and, like, gray-looking. Cops are being fired upon um, by who we now know. Uh, it's like a, a terrorist group called The Bombs, and they're just basically guys that have bombs uh, strapped to their bodies. And uh, you didn't. Yeah. Get, <laughs> and their leader is named uh, Malcolm Explosion. And then there's an OCP li liaison out there trying to negotiate with them. Uh, one of the important things that was uh, mentioned in the media net was that uh, OCP or Delta City is now like a zero fatality city, um, meaning that basically the cops can't fire on uh, the bad guys. So, uh, then... yeah, so the cops aren't allowed to have guns anymore. Right. Uh, right except right. for Robocop for some reason. And John Cable. Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, he shows up with guns, but he's like not supposed to have them, right? Right, right, because he's such a he's so extreme. Uh, I, I think I love the fact that all right, as we're gonna see, John Cable, he is Alex Murphy's ex partner before he moved to I guess Detroit and got shot up by Clarence Brodiger. So we're gonna see like clips of them, um, basically working together, and um, they really hammer home the fact that John Cable is sort of like a cop on the edge. He's like the basically way edgier than uh, Alex Murphy. Um, and uh, I just think it's hilarious. Basically, he, he's like he's wound up, you know, like cops are. <laughs> he's ready to fire uh, at a moment's notice, which we do see later on because we get flashbacks to when um, uh, I guess it, these flashbacks are like for, from 14 years ago, mm -hmm, I guess, mm -hmm. um, where he was a, a partner of Alex Murphy. And yeah, there's one where like he quite unnecessarily, <laughs> uh, he being um, John Cable, John Cable, thank you, uh, murders uh, a perpetrator, even right. though like the situation had already been diffused. Well, it just leads me to believe that uh, our writers here, let me get their names again, Abraham and O'Brien were... Uh, big readers of comics in the 90s because his name is Cable and he's super extreme. All he's missing is pouches and, uh, you know, uh, shoulder pads, don't you think? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> um, so Officer Cable basically shows up. Oh, one of the guys runs out and blows himself up. 
and I love it because this is uh, prior to like uh, like digital explosions, and uh, although there is some you know digital stuff here and there, but basically they blow up like a flesh dummy or whatever, and it's so obvious. And uh, this is like right when you saw the explosion of the guy. Like, what were your thoughts like at that point in regards to this? I mean, I, I was pretty surprised that they had like a suicide. I mean, it's not like TV shows have never had like a suicide bobber, but mm-hmm. the explosion happens off camera or from far away. You never really see like on TV back then, like the suicide bomber explode right um and so i was like whoa (laughs) and then i was like i thought this was made for tv yeah um was was what i thought yeah right uh so i they i guess they wanted to show straight up that they were not the tv show the american tv show which as we're gonna they're not gonna be robo condescending uh (laughs) to the audience here (laughs) yeah and i love it uh officer cable shows up um, he's got an obvious fake mustache, which when you see it at first, you're like, well, why are they making this guy wear a mustache? And it's just to differentiate between present day John Cable and the one in the past that was working with Alex Murphy because he looks exactly the same. Like, so, Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, Steve, you're, you're you're a television star, star of Netflix's uh, <sighs> reality hit series, uh, 100 Humans. Uh, Humans. Yeah. Um, so you, you know about the TV world, I guess, uh, why didn't they just have him grow a mustache? <laughs> Maybe he didn't want to. Maybe he can't. I, he can, cause I've seen it. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think in cube, he has one. Maybe at just at the last minute that they didn't think about it. Like, Oh, like we got to make him look different from how he did in the past quick someone glue some wig hair on this man's lip (laughs) (laughs) yeah i wonder what happened i i wonder if it was like they had to shoot the flashback scenes first Mm -hmm. and you know you have you've got the condensed filming schedule of tv and this guy grant's like i want it done quick i I don't have time for you to grow a mustache yeah Um, i'd say that's exactly it yeah so that that's that's gotta be it because otherwise you know, they could have made it work. Anyways, historic nerd is in the chat. Hello. Welcome. He said mustaches are key to time travel. Uh, <laughs> this isn't really about time travel, but okay. <laughs> I knew it. I knew Good it. Good to know either way. Uh, yeah. So Officer Cable shows up and uh, the OCP liaison, her name is Sandra. <laughs> and he goes, uh, Sandra, how do you like to wear your asshole as a necklace? <laughs> Which, I mean, I thought it was pretty funny. It's a great line. Yeah, a great bit, pickup line. You, and, and absolutely. And uh, then he, um, you know, they basically go, like, oh, Cable, you can't shoot bad guys. So another guy runs out to try to blow himself up. But, of course, Cable is there, and he takes out his guns and uh, shoots him before he gets a chance to By do By the way, it. no, when Cable shoots him, the guy explodes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like, so <laughs> It's so the over point? the top. It's so extreme. I, I mean, love it. He literally just... You know, the, the, if, if Cable had waited half a second more, he could have saved himself a bullet yeah, and a right. possible murder charge. Well, I guess uh, it's just to show how extreme John Cable is. Yeah, and how little any of the other cops care and how they aren't going to report him for having a gun or committing murder. Uh, hey, it's John Cable. It's very realistic. It's he's very realistic. He's award-winning. He's a medal-winning cop. You don't question John Cable. Um, he does have an award uh, that they show us later yeah. for, what was it, Cop of the Year or something? <laughs> I mean, I don't know the right awards for cops or whatever. But, yeah, one of those things. Purple Heart. Yeah, it, like it was like Flesh Cop of the Year. 
<laughs> that's that's what they call the the non cyborg cops, oh, flesh the, cops. The flesh cops, I see. Uh, yeah. so, um, yeah, RoboCop then shows up and he just basically shoots and, and punches his way into the, uh, whatever, I guess it's like a bank or something. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, it, I don't, I don't think they ever say it's just like a building that they've occupied. And right, are, right, right. Uh, they're, they're going to show you they're, this gang's, <laughs> this gang's like MO is just exploding their members to like make a statement or something. Mm-hmm. The, the guy says like, something like about making a statement or something about how serious they are, but it's like, well, after this evening, there's only a third of you left in your gang. <laughs> right, right, right. Like a, this is not a sustainable plan of attack you've uh, created. Indeed, indeed. And uh, speaking of things that are extreme and over the top, Bone Machine uh, then shows up, and he uh, and Robo shoots one of his guns. How would you describe the look of Bone Machine? Uh, you know, it's kind of cool, but also kind of cheap looking. Mm-hmm. Like, I love those two stupid giant guns he's got mm-hmm. uh, on his side. They're very reminiscent of that. Uh, Ed stop, Yeah, the stop yeah. motion killing machine that Robocop goes up against in the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, but his mask is such, like, a cheap-looking fake bone Par- mask. It's like, like Party City uh, or what are those? Uh, Spirit. Spirit Halloween yeah. store. Yeah, he's uh, but very comic booky and when he comes in there and he's like laughing like an adam west batman villain like what were your what were your thoughts uh i mean i liked him he was so like stupid and campy and over the top uh i, I thought it was I thought great you know, it felt very this whole thing feels very like 80s action movie which i think for robocop is the way to go cheesy campy 80s uh action uh historic nerd asked in the chat we did kind of cover it earlier he was asking if they cast the RoboCop actor based on whether or not he could fit in the pre-made suit from the movie. But no, um, this guy is noticeably shorter than the previous RoboCop incarnation. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would assume that they just that they made a new suit for this. And I know that RoboCable gets his own RoboCop suit that's pretty similar. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing uh, they made new suits. Yeah, yeah. And they're also very... Uh, well, I think John Cable is actually a little bit taller than Alex Murphy, but... Uh, I know they were in talks to get the guy from the TV show um, to do the lead here, but for whatever reason, um, they couldn't come to an agreement. So, uh, so we got the hitchhiker here. Um, he he and, only wanted uh, family-friendly sitcom ro- RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, no, I knew I, I was hoping you were going to say all the things you just said about Bone Machine, because yeah, I remember watching this and uh, the first time Bone Machine shows up i'm just like oh that's lame but in a wonderful way and i think <laughs> and as prime directives uh progresses and you kind of get used to the world like everything i at least for me really gr- grows on you but uh but we'll see so then we cut to uh yeah so more or less bone machine gets away robocop frees the hostages there's like a shootout um and uh, I don't think there's anything too m- more important that happens there. Uh, cut to an OCP commercial, and then now we're in the boardroom. And uh, I like uh, the, the head of OCP is now a woman. And 
much like uh, in the past movies, they always referred to the head of OCP as the old man. And if you look in the credits, this woman is referred to as the old woman. She do- doesn't even have a name. Um, <laughs> and she's basically asking, you know, in classic sort of Mr. Burns fashion, she's like, I need new ideas. OCP is becoming a joke, blah, blah, blah. And only one guy raises his hands, and that's Mr. Juvenile, whose uh, character name is, uh, I don't know, Lowe. It's like uh, Rob Lowe or something like that. I just called him Mr. Lowe in my notes. And basically, he's like, <laughs> hey, I got a great idea for uh, AI. No one's ever heard of that before. And in a long story short, he, in a, in a hilarious animated PowerPoint, he sells um the old woman on uh his uh idea for ai which is called saint which is an acronym for something um what did you think about the animated powerpoint presentation i mean (laughs) it was uh you know it works for this is is what i would say Mm -hmm. uh it, it comes off like a cheesy kind of um evil exec present i don't know like it just fits the tone really well I don't think this would work in a lot of other films or, you know, TV productions or whatever. But for the RoboCop universe, it definitely worked for me. Me too. Uh, So now we're back with Robo sitting in his Robo chair. Uh, You know, this is like the the lab, I guess, which is used to be in the bottom of some uh, police precinct. I think it still is here. And now he's got uh, like a woman scientist who takes care of him. (laughs) And he just like, it's weird. Like, I would say... The big difference between Peter Weller uh, RoboCop and Paige Fletcher RoboCop is like Peter Weller's like for the, for most of the movie doesn't really emote very much, but Paige mm-hmm. Fletcher just looks his RoboCop looks like he's having the absolute worst time of his Robo life. Like <laughs> he's just sitting there like he just got back from Nam or something or had a Nam flashback. I mean, and I guess as he should, because I mean, it's uh, 10 years later, he's been sitting in this room in this chair for, you know, however many years. And he just, whenever they need him, he gets up and does it. And that's been his quote unquote life. I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. What do you think? Yeah, I I, I guess so. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not like, like I said earlier, the biggest fan of Paige Fletcher's uh, performance here. Um, it's okay at times, um, but I don't know. Like, for whatever reason, it, I don't buy it as much as I bought Peter Weller's performance as mm-hmm. RoboCop. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you watch it as many times as me, it, it might grow on you. But yeah, I mean, Peter Weller is hard to beat. I mean, of course, he's the original or is one as well. Uh, but let's see. Um, where are we going here? Um, where are we, is, is, all right. So, Mr. Lowe. We're back with the OCP, um, talks to his scientist friend, uh, Edwin, and uh, basically (laughs) Edwin all by himself has to create this uh, AI or um, basically uh, between them talking, it's revealed that like they'd been working on this thing for a while. And Mr. Lowe is basically the uh, the money man or whatever. And he he got them into OCP so they could uh, sell them on this uh, AI thing. And and it's sort of the classic trope where Mr. Lowe is just like, oh, you know, you have 10 days. And Edwin is all like, oh, that's not enough time. And he's like, well, make it work. (laughs) Uh, You know, one of those things. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he's also like. uh, I hate that trope. Yeah. He's also like, you told me I wouldn't have to work in a basement anymore. And he's like, well, this is your ticket out of the basement. 
Uh, and they even have a, uh, the next scene is basically a reenactment of the, the bathroom scene from RoboCop 1 with Miguel Ferrar. But instead of Miguel Ferrar, um, we get um, Mr. Lowe, a.k.a. Mr. Juvenileville. <laughs> um, and yeah, basically he tells the other dudes in the bathroom that, you know, he's going to, he's on his way to the top and they're going to be calling him boss uh, soon enough. I mean, really, I don't even think they even needed that scene, but I guess they just wanted to have a call back to the original movie. Uh, oh, and I guess... Um, did you notice, though, while, while the executives were, like, peeing that... So they had little screens in front of, like, the uh, top of the urinals, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the screens said, like, something like, executive urination, something in progress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I never noticed that. That's awesome. Wow. It's all right, Steve. I'm here for all the you, for all the robo-urine-related content I, uh, that you need. I knew there was a reason why I hired you for this podcast (laughs) the checks in the mail buddy um but uh, i think it's here where mr lowe actually meets um james murphy who is robocop's son um and he's all grown up now and basically i guess his mom passed away they don't really um say why and later on he basically says he was raised by ocp and he owes them for taking care of him um and Mur- Murphy Jr. gets a cryptic text, and it turns out... Yeah, OCP runs an orphanage. Uh, is, <laughs> yeah. He said he was at the orphanage. I'm just like, Jesus. Yeah, weren't so, weren't you raised by has... no fear at one point? Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm so toxic, to be <laughs> frank and reckless. Big Johnson Steve. shirts I... raised me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a danger, mostly to myself, but, uh, but I'm, I'm dangerous. <laughs> Oh man. Um, so yeah, basically, and then there's a, another, there's a lot, there's a lot of subplot with OCP, um, going on all throughout prime directives. Um, are you there, buddy? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Steve. Okay. Uh, are you being a you danger to, to your, to your robo cock? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, uh, I, I had robo business to attend to. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, basically, um, James Murphy meets, um, Sarah Cable, um, John Cable's ex-wife, and she sort of just plants the seed, which is going to turn into, basically, she's trying to lead a, a, like a coup, more or less. She wants her people to take over OCP and wants James to help her out, more or less. Yeah, basically, like, her plan is, because I guess, like, she's the one that got the company to agree to take the guns away from the cops, the OCP mm-hmm. cops and have the, the no fatality rule where cops aren't allowed to kill, which honestly I'm, I'm for this rule. I'm on her <laughs> side <laughs> actually. Um, but uh, yeah, so her whole plan is that this will cause like crime to increase because mm-hmm. of the lack of, I guess, cops being able to indiscriminately murder citizens. Uh, and then that will turn like public tide against OCP. And then they'll have to get a new executive board, mm-hmm. a new leader, which will be her and her handpicked board. She's the uh, Kathleen Kennedy of OCP, basically. Uh, no, because she seems to have like a plan that she thought <laughs> out. I'll take it. I'll I take actually it. don't think Kath, I, I don't I don't get that. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> it's, All it's right. not like she's sitting there writing every script or something. Are we talking about Kathleen Kennedy or Sarah Cable? 
Uh, we're talking about them both. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. So now we're back in the robo room, and robo science nurse ponders where Bone Machine got his firepower from, and that ignites a spark in Robo's robo brain. And he he goes over the footage, uh, like analyzing the uh, Bone Machine armor, uh, but he can only <laughs> he can only enhance so much. So he gets up. And we see yeah, the they class. do the enhanced thing, and then it says, uh, like, oh, you've reached the enhanced limit. I was like, oh, wow, because all they did was zoom in. They didn't actually do any fake enhancing like usually. Right. So I was like, oh, they're treating this seriously. Yeah. But nope. <laughs> well, it's only an excuse, so we could see uh, RoboCop's uh, wrist-mounted, like, uh, knife thingy, because that comes into play later. And so Yeah, he... it's a Chekhov's gun. Yeah. <laughs> and, but actually done, done right. What is a Chekhov's gun? Is that a Star Trek thing? <laughs> you would think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, so Chekhov's gun, we've talked about it before. You've mentioned it before. Where basically, like, if you introduce something and... Oh, I mean, I just uses... call it setups and payoffs. No, you've called it Chekhov's gun. But anyways, the whole idea is, like, if you were to show something important hey, wait, that seems important, like a gun. Have you been cheating on me on other podcasts? Are you uh, I, I did around? kind of do a wing. I did kind of do a wing commander thing with historic nerd the other day. You robo slut. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I'm a. I've been robo capitulating with uh, other robo. Anyway. Um, oh wow! No more. So basically, the idea is like Jesus. Hey, let me get this out. So the idea is if you show like a gun or a big weapon or something in Act One that you need to use it or have a payoff, you know, by I get it. Act. I just didn't know it was called that, or I forgot that it was called that. I, I guess you're too busy in the world of Netflix uh, TV <laughs> world. Me, I'm, I'm in the <laughs> film world, Steve. You know, I've been trying really hard to suppress that show out of my memory. Thank you for bringing it back. You're Thank welcome. You. I'm surprised that okay. you're happy about that. Well, I mean, I was paid very little. <laughs> anyway, <kidding>. so... Uh, <laughs> Robo, all right, so yeah, we see him jam his little knife thing into the computer, and then he sees that the uh, armor, the um, bone machine armor, was basically created by OCP security. Yeah, like, like, like he zooms in onto like a small part of it that's got like a tag, because OCP just had to put their label on of course. these weapons. I mean, that's what a corporation would do, right? I mean, I remember... When like Nike put their logo on the hydrogen bomb before they dropped it on uh, Nagasaki, <laughs> I Steve, you, you, we may need to uh, talk about uh, your, the, the history YouTube channels you're watching. <laughs> oh, well, we can do it offline. Did you know that the moon is uh, filled with cheese and that uh, there's a what's that? They keep saying that there's this civilization that existed. Um, who's they stay who's saying this TikTok. <laughs> they they <laughs> anyway all right so then we get our first flashback of robo remembering working with john cable all the way back in the day when they were partners uh they don't even have like the uh the four tourists from the movie it's like your typical sort of uh cruiser your regular police cruiser i guess yeah uh, like a like a crown vic vic or something yeah yeah exactly uh, and then he finds John playing chess, and then there's all this sort of like uh, chess innuendo. Um... Robocop, yeah. Fine. And we should uh, point out that at this point, John Cable doesn't know that Robocop is 
is Alex Murphy as old part. Right. That's one of the big differences between uh, Prime Directives and like the show and the other two movies is that everybody like everybody actually called RoboCop like Murphy in the sequels. And yeah, they did right. away everybody with all knew. that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. And then Murphy, um, he ends up losing to John Cable in some move. Um, I don't know if that happens here or later on, but basically it's kind of the theme of the episode here is that, uh, what is it? Damn it. I almost forgot. You have to do what you must, something like that. You remember? Yeah. Yeah. Like they're, like they're just saying that, you know, we did what we had to. Or That's we did. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. I'm not even the high one, and I can't get it out. What's wrong I, here? You, it's disappointing. I'll have some notes for you. Once <laughs> <the show. laughs> uh, so then there's another MediaNet report uh, on the destruction of the Alamo, which which is just hilarious. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like this like other gang unrelated to the to the exploders or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. Uh, this other gang who's like I can't remember what their name was, but it was something about the Alamo, Alamo, like like that. Alamo renegades, or, I don't know, something real stupid. Yeah. And they get a statement as to, because they were basically getting revenge for like losing <laughs> the fight of the Alamo. Right, right. They're getting right. revenge for the guy, I can't remember his name, that, that lost the Alamo. And they're like, uh, when asked about, when we asked the leader of the gang, you know, why they're 200 years later, they're, you know, getting revenge. And, and the leader's statement was, better late than never. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it's hilarious satire. Hilarious. Um, I, yeah, I cracked up. Like, yeah. honestly, I could watch 90 minutes of just the, the news segments. Yeah, yeah. They're awesome. Um, and then they also report on another bone machine massacre. Uh, and then there's a flashback. Uh, and there's a callback to the um, cable says he'd buy that for a dollar. And um, you actually see another um, police officer sort of walk by and say hi to Alex Murphy and Cable. And a uh, surprise, surprise, uh, spoiler alert. Kiss. I, we completely forgot to mention that you could actually watch this yourself uh, on YouTube. I watched a AI enhanced version, which looked great. Um, I don't know how they did it, but did, did you watch that oh. version that I sent you? On no, your... it's on it's it's on Tubi. All four of the movies are on free on Tubi. Yeah, so but I just this version looked better than the one on Tubi. Well, maybe if somebody had told me after I <laughs> text him, hey, you can watch it free on Tubi, and then you didn't say, you know, anything back. Like, oh, by the way, there's a better looking version on uh, YouTube. I, I didn't think you would know why care. you wouldn't tell me. You're too busy running around with historic well, nerd talking about Wing Commander. Would, Wing hey, Commander was on our list. Our it, list. We're still going to cover it, baby. We're still going to cover it, baby. It's okay. <laughs> But hey, if you didn't think I would care, I don't know why you're bringing it up and extolling uh, its its praises. Wait, no. Yeah, is that what I'm trying to say? You know oh, what I'm saying, God. All right. Steve. Let's move on here. Uh, Are you getting uh, some kickback from the uh, RoboCop AI I'd love to, channel? I'd love to make at least $1 off this podcast someday. But uh, maybe in five more years when... Um, when RoboCop Prime Directives actually takes place, that's when we'll finally become profitable. But anyway. Oh, I, I, I thought maybe in 13 years, Fireworks Entertainment was going to have the rights to the podcast and relaunch it with a shorter host. Well, no, like, uh, uh, we would be the new RoboCop partners, uh, and you would get to be Robo Yehel, Robo Cable, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, man. <laughs> uh, the, the, the Robo Requa, if you will. <laughs> 
I wasn't going to say anything. I figured I would just let you. Uh... Robo Robo. <laughs> oh, my God. Boricua. That's what I said. Roboriqua. There we go. That's the uh, I'll be the Hispanic, the the, the Hispanic cop Latin sensation. Yeah, Steve. we we get it. We get it. you're going to be Delta City's top Latin cop. Um, That's right. I'll be the most corrupt cop in Mexico coming. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So anyway, spoiler alert, the extra cop that's hanging around with Murphy and Cable ends up being Bone Storm. There you go. Bone Storm. Oh, bone Machine. God. Bone Machine. So there. There you go. There's your Chekhov's gun. Bone Storm's what he'll what he what he's gonna give you if you play your cards right. You know what I mean? <laughs> More like you mean a bone job? Uh, sure. You got boned, baby. <laughs> All right. So, Cable and Murphy talk about Cable's divorce as they drive their police cruiser, and um, then they investigate a like a barking dog at a house. They think, oh, <laughs> this is gonna be nothing. No big deal. Then they they just go ahead and they realize that the dog is chewing on human remains. They break in and discover. Now they don't show this. No, yeah, that's true. Uh, despite it being pretty violent, it is, there's like a cop car blocking, and we only see Cable and what's his face talking about it from like the stomach up. Right. So then they decide to go ahead and uh, well, Cable pretty much decides to go ahead and break in, not wait for backup because you know he's so extreme, yeah. a cop on the edge. And as they're going through the basement, they uncover more human remains, and a uh, they open up a um, uh, a cooler, and a woman pops up. I mean, and that is almost like scene for scene, straight out of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Did you get those vibes? Mm-hmm. Oh, you did. Yeah, oh, I good. did. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, so then Cable gets taken hostage. And it's your classic sort of um, cop trope. He tells him to take the shots. Of course, you know they're trying to hammer. Yeah, he's telling Alex Murphy to take the yes. shot, not not the guy that right that has him. Yeah, that would be <laughs> kill me, kill me, please. <laughs> I'm too extreme <laughs> to live. Um, uh, which actually kind of happens at the end of the movie, but uh, but we'll get to that. So uh, yeah, he tells Murphy to put down the gun, and since uh, they're you know trying to establish that Cable is the you know, the, the extreme guy and Murphy more plays it straight. Murphy puts down his gun, but, uh, cable escapes anyway, um, by knocking the gun away, something like that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's so weird because he's like, puts down the gun and he goes like, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, to, he says, uh, Murphy says, I'm sorry to cable and cable says, me too yeah. and then uh the bad guy's like ah oh, you you're an idiot i'm gonna go ahead and shoot your partner and as he's like pulling the gun up like that's when he like uh cable knocks out his hand yeah so, and then yeah, so basically was... he uh yeah he incapacitates the guy without killing him but that's not enough for john cable because he is from the extreme young blood universe and uh yeah. he turns around and basically shoots uh the cannibal uh and uh, yeah and and this guy basically had like no was no threat at this point because right. he you know took away his gun and then murphy and cable have a conversation they talk for like almost a minute mm-hmm. before cable turns around and shoots the guy like four or five times yep 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 and so now uh cut to uh james murphy and he's getting more cryptic I don't know if they're supposed to be emails or <laughs> I put texts. He gets a cryptic email from Sarah Murphy, and they walk down some uh, stairs with really cool lasers. But she uses it's weird because like the the OCP OS mm-hmm. um, 
because we see a few, the few different computer screens. It's like the mail, the little mail section looks just like the direct message section. Mm-hmm. Like they, every section looks almost exactly like, like each oh, other. Oh, the, so. the hilarious fake like computer prompts are just great. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they walk through basically the OCP archive and Sarah's like, this is where her OCP hides their failures or something. She gives James a big pep talk, like how we mentioned earlier that, you know, she wants her people to basically take over, um, OCP because, you know, the old lady, she ain't cutting it anymore. And, and then all, all the members of her team just sort of materialize out of the shadows. Um, and she's basically like, are you in or out? And he's in. So uh, now um, John Cable, he finds out that the bone machine weapons uh, came from OCP security concepts, which is what. Yeah, like Robocop mm-hmm. tells him. He, uh, He's like, here you go. <laughs> uh, but um, let's see. But it's shut out. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, he's sort of uh, investigating it himself, but he gets uh, shut out of the OCP computer, which uh, then prompts him later to. By his ex-wife, right? Oh, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... uh, He doesn't have access. Later, he tries to, like, get his wife to give him the the sweet access. Yeah, and then um, James Murphy is in there uh, chatting with uh, John Cable. And it's uh, to show that... This is the robo-son, son of RoboCop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And they're talking. And then RoboCop shows up, and it's all awkward. And James completely ignores him. And they're saying that... He he also doesn't know that um, RoboCop is his dad, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think it's implied. I, I don't know if they actually like come out and say it. Right. Uh, right. But you, you're the prime directives expert. I mean, hey, I'm you're just the one that's seen this several times. I'm testing you. I'm testing you. Well, I'm um, just saying you never noticed the urination <laughs> stuff before. Well, and... that I know that's the stuff that you focus on. That's why you're here. Well, Steve. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Where's no, this going? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, anyway, it's really awkward. And then James just leaves, and Robo he looks. Uh, that that is, um, I would say that's Paige Fletcher's problem is that his RoboCop always looks like disturbed and sad. Like I said, like he just came from like uh, doing a stint in Vietnam or Afghanistan or something like that. Um, yeah. So Cable visits his ex-wife in his uh, at her OCP office to try to find out more about the bone machine armor. Um, and they basically just sort of have a little witty repartee that uh, doesn't really... Uh, it appears to not amount to much, but then basically she realizes that John Cable is a threat. And uh, then um, James Murphy and Sarah talk about um, John Cable and basically that's when she tells him that he's a threat. And now we're back with Mr. Lowe and Edwin and they're scheming in the basement lab. And really the only uh, sort of important thing about this uh, little conversation that they have is that I love the idea that, you know, Edwin, he's the scientist guy, the tech guy, him working hard on this AI is just picking up a motherboard, looking at it, putting it back down and picking it up again. Like that was, computer work back yeah, then. Yeah, you, well, you've never worked in the field, uh, Steve. You don't know, uh, you know, 
uh, about how to make this AI stuff. It's, it's okay. It's, it's robo-complicated robo for you. I get I'll, it. I'll have you know, I built the very computer that we're podcasting with right now. And uh, I, I only inserted the motherboard once. I, you know, I didn't have to do it several times. Well, had you done it a few more times, then maybe it'd be a little bit more more powerful. <laughs> wow, wow, you're a robo bastard. You know that? Well, I think you robo compromised on your PC. <laughs> oh yeah, well, robo blow yourself. <laughs> so, I don't. I don't think I have the flexibility for that. But <laughs> well, hey, with OCP and security solutions, you can have that flexibility. <laughs> all right, all right, moving on. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, a man is uh, the uh, robo's security science nurse or whatever. She shows up to the robo room and she sees a guy like leaving. Uh, he's dressed in, I guess, what's supposed to be like technician garb. Um, it's like, oh, I, I just went in there and fumbled around with robo's motherboard a couple of times. Nothing happened, I promise. Uh, so she goes in and RoboCop was sleeping and having like a weird <laughs> Vietnam flashback or something. And scientist nurse asks him if he's okay. Who was that guy in there? And RoboCop is like, oh, he does a lot like a security scan. It's not a security scan. Um, what's the proper like computer term for He checks all of his. Um... He does like a diagnostic. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he does a diagnostic. And he's like, oh, everything seems fine, except there's a new prime directive. And what is that prime directive? Uh, that you can't interfere with a pre-warp civilization. No, that's Star Trek <laughs> shit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, no. Literally, the number one rule in Star Trek is called the Prime Directive. Yeah, I, I remember. I, but uh, no, the Prime Directive is to kill John Cable. So uh, Robo is on his way to do just that, and he gets a call conveniently from John to meet him at uh, the bunker where he uh, thinks the bone machine armor uh, may be stored. Uh, and he shows up and uh, Robo shows up. And how would you describe this? Or actually, no, um, John Cable shows up. How would you describe this bunker? Um, is this the one where it's kind of like the giant warehouse thing? It is a prison. They basically repurpose oh, that's right, that's right. a prison yes, set. Yes, it's just a prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no attempt to hide it either. No. Like you see all the cells. In fact, he opens cell 19. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, and uh, I mean, yeah, I, I guess we as the viewer are supposed to be like, oh, well, OCP just repurposed a uh, a prison. Or, I mean, you can call a spade a spade and be like, well, <laughs> they really needed to save a couple bucks and repurpose the prison. I, I I like to think that Canada just had an empty prison lying around because uh, they they're so nice that they just have no one to put in their prisons. Uh, <laughs> All right, I, I choose to believe that as well. Um, so basically, John investigates uh, the um, Bone Storm armor is not in there, but he sees that it was last checked out by his wife, uh, Sarah. And I'd love to see the scene of her like trying to carry the uh, the armor out <laughs> like, by herself. Like that'd be pretty funny. Um, so then Robo shows up, and he's just basically like. Uh, you know, in a classic RoboCop fashion, like, I need to... I don't think he says, I need to kill you, but he's aiming his gun and everything, and... Um, well, he tries to arrest him. He says, like, he's under arrest, mm -hmm. but he's... Uh, which was very confusing. I didn't... I wasn't a big fan of this, because, like, 
Robocop keeps telling him that he's under arrest and that he's going to arrest him, but also his prime directive is to kill him. Right. So, right. I mean, eh, yeah, a little bit of a disconnect a little bit. Um, but, uh, you know, John Cable realizes what's going on. He like runs away. He gets a shot in the, the foot. Um, there was a, where was the, well, you get, you get shot like in the calf. Yeah. Yeah. Some, somewhere it's in the leg area. Um, yeah, because then he can't like and, he has uh, trouble walking. Yeah, and time. basically, RoboCop is about to you know put him down for good, but uh, John does the old uh, Murphy. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to the man yeah, inside. Well, uh, yeah, like like earlier at some point, uh, he had said something like, "You're it's it's that's you, isn't it, Murphy?" To RoboCop or yeah, something. He, so he figures it out. He he's, he. He figured it out when he realized, oh, this guy has the exact same face as Alex Murphy. <laughs> he has the exact same height as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds like him, except for he has like a weird synthesizer thing on his voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, but he's got that Murphy strut every time he walks. <laughs> you know, the one, like the Vince McMahon-like one. He where does he, walk like Vince McMahon. He, he snaps his folded arms so high up into the air every Every stride puts him in greater danger of a torn rotator cuff. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they allowed that walk to happen, but I'll tell you why he did it. Grant, the director is like, oh, this isn't good, but trying to get out of here a little early today, <laughs> so we're gonna say that that's a that's a cut. We gotta go catch the kids in the hole, eh? And then catch a Leafs game, eh? <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, sound that's like- what they do. Then they drink some Labatt Blue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, then we got to go pay uh, homage to uh, Owen Hart at his grave, eh? Uh, <laughs> or is that too dark? I don't know. Uh, that's it's no. This is dark justice, dude. Oh, uh, well, well played. All right. So anyway, long story short, so you get the class. <laughs> Robocop. Did you say long story short. <laughs> long story <laughs> already can't. too long. Um, basically, <laughs> RoboCop confuses himself, and he's left like <laughs> jerking around like this. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that trope of like, oh, you told the sentient machine some memory, and now it's like conflicted. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that allows uh, John to get away. Um, yeah, RoboCop's nose starts bleeding at one point. Did uh, it? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, when he okay. started like, uh, uh. His, his nose started bleeding a little bit, and and he um we should say that he also tells, uh, Cable to run. Yes, 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 he does. And then um, there was another flashback to John Cable receiving his uh, aforementioned uh, medal, and uh, basically this is when what leads to Murphy uh, requesting his transfer, <laughs> and then an inevitable, inevitable death by Clarence Brodiger. But uh, you know they don't show that. Um, and now we get another media net, and it says uh, they, they're saying that Bone Machine is John Cable. Uh, we find out later that Sarah Cable basically leaked it, and he's, she's basically setting him up so he can be uh, you know, killed and so she can get away yeah. with it. Uh, John Lowe writes... Um, Ex-wives, am I right, guys? <laughs> it sounds like... Uh, what was that last No Fear shirt about... I don't know, being afraid of your wife or something. <laughs> I, I don't even remember. <laughs> that, that's all it said. I'm like it said, I'm afraid of my wife. It had, no fear. Yeah, it had something to do with like golf. Like if she doesn't, like if she doesn't cook oh. and bring you your golf clubs, like she's not worth it. No fear. Something like that. 
Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll find it and send it to you because, yeah, it was something like, oh, if she doesn't give you permission, that's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, so, yeah, then basically Sarah shows up. Or John Lowe is writing a memo from Sarah Cable's desk, and um, they basically have sort of a, a witty repartee, and um, he John Lowe figures out that Sarah was the one who uh, is leaked the zero fatality um, – you know, policy on the cops to make the CEO mm. uh, heads look bad so she could take over. And uh, he basically blacks, blackmails her with footage from her previous meeting uh, with uh, John Cable. Um, be, um, so, yeah, and it basically just ends with him leaving. Um, and now we get yet another flashback. And Alex transfers away from, uh, or Mur- Alex Murphy transfers away from John uh and then Robo returns, and now we're back in the present. Robo returns to his old precinct where he and John were partners. He wanders the halls searching for John. Why did John hide there? I don't. Did they even come up with I, a reason? I don't remember. Um, anyway, he finds him. John tells him to shoot him. He says, "I want to be shot by the man, not by the robot." But then Bone Machine shows up, and uh, oh, I guess I forgot to mention that there is a scene where Sarah meets with Bone Machine, uh, basically just the regular guy. He's not wearing his, like, armor and stuff, and it's that cop. Yeah, and, and he just looks like a middle-aged, uh, chubby accountant. Right, right, right. Uh, or a, a guy who probably watches too many conspiracy yeah. videos, something like that. And basically he says, oh, you told me that I was going to be Delta City's top cop. And she's like, oh, you will. You know, you just have to take out John Cable and RoboCop. Here's where they're going to yeah. be. And he's top flesh cop. Yeah, exactly. Just to be clear. Um, so yeah, while um, Murphy and uh, John are talking at the old precinct, um, there's also a shootout between the two, and uh, basically RoboCop is about to put him down, and then Bone Machine uh, shows up, and they have another big shootout. And I don't want to talk light about the action in this because it is pretty awesome, especially for a TV movie. Yeah, yeah, like like. Bone Machine comes in by like busting through a wall, like uh, <laughs> like Kool Aid Man style, but yeah. but violent and cooler and laughing like explosion. a Batman villain from Adam West. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so uh, they shoot him up. He ends up shooting um, John Cable and is about to take him out. And he says, "Your bones, baby." <laughs> they never. What I love is like they could have written in. They could have said that like, oh, the um. Because they say the bone machine armor is bio booster armor or something like that. They could say that like hooking up to it makes you crazy, but they never even bother to say it. They're just like, eh. well, I, I, dude, I was, I was just gonna say because when we see him uh, talking to Sarah Cable and he's not dressed up as bone machine, he talks like a normal guy. Yeah, <laughs> like he's not all like, ah, I'm wacky. Right, right, right. I mean, again, I guess as the audience, we could you know make our own little head cannon, or you could just say, well. He's just really hamming it up because his name is Bone you know, Machine, and he should be. I guess I guess he just lives with fear every day, but on the weekends, she lets him Bone Machine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. bone I found the No Fear shirt, by the way. It said, I live with fear every day. On the weekends, she lets me golf. No, <laughs> there. Fear. <laughs> no fear. Awesome. So, uh, all right, we're almost done here, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so... Just like in the past flashbacks, John gets Mm. taken hostage again by Bone Machine. Mm. 
Uh, and uh, this time, uh, and once again, he's encouraged to take the shots uh, by John, but this time, John is just basically telling him, go ahead and kill me. Go ahead and shoot me. <laughs> and that's what RoboCop does. Uh, RoboCop shoots his good friend, and then um, Bone Machine... Well, and, and we should, for, for those that maybe don't get it, uh, not that it's hard to get, but if you're not watching the uh, the movie, maybe... Uh, anyways, so the reason why John Watt tells RoboCop to shoot him is because he knows that RoboCop basically has to get rid of that prime directive yes. before he can properly, you know, go after Bone Machine. Mm -hmm. So John's basic cable is basically saying, kill me so that you can stop this guy. Yes, absolutely. Because, and it works because John Cable is so extreme. <laughs> he would, he would sacrifice yeah. himself so RoboCop can, fi you know, um, finish his prime director. And RoboCop shoots him like just about I guess he doesn't hit him in the heart because he doesn't like die right away mm -hmm. but uh, he hit, he shoots him just about where the heart would be Yep, pretty close. Yep, yep. I know you're a big uh, gun guy. You you would pay attention to something like that. Yeah, I well I just I just uh, I'm an expert in Canadian anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they have like several hearts? Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, you got to get past the, the, the one shaped like a maple leaf and the other one shaped past the hockey puck to get to the <laughs> to the real one and you have to get past the uh this the sack that carries syrup it's like you know yes it's called the the gretzky sack because uh, <laughs> it's like it's, it's like you know a defender <laughs> right absolutely boy this has got weird uh <laughs> so um bone machine then realizes that he was a cop from back in the day um, after like RoboCop knocks him on the ground, but, uh, Robo does not spare bone machine. He gives him the Clarence Brodiger treatment knife comes out of the hand and bam, RoboCop goes to town on him. They yeah, don't... stabs him over and over and over. Yeah. They don't show it. Uh, but there's like blood pouring from off screen. Yeah. They don't show the, the impact of RoboCop knife or whatever you want to call it, like going into, into the, the guy's flesh. chest. Yeah. But you just, but you do see RoboCop's like fist continue coming down, and yeah, like Steve was saying, blood comes out, and you can see RoboCop's hand and knife thing is getting more and more covered in blood. So even though we don't see the stabbing per se, like it's still very visceral. Yes, the and there's it. you got a bit of blood on the RoboCop helmet. Oh yeah, on RoboCop's yeah helmet, yeah. Yeah, and then RoboCop that's like drinks some of it. He yeah. like licks the, uh, the blood <laughs> off his blade. Remember that? You've been hanging out at the castle way too much, buddy. <laughs> You don't remember that part? Oh, okay. <laughs> that was in your head cannon. You... <laughs> uh, so, uh, all right. And yeah, and then that's basically John dies. They have like a moment. Uh, and then we get another um, media. Yeah, RoboCop says to him, like, we did. I, I can't, Cable says something to RoboCop. I can't remember what. Probably something about his mustache. And then RoboCop <laughs> says, we did what we had to. Had to do the theme of like episode one, which I mean was pretty awesome, if I dare say. Um, so Sarah gives, uh, oh yeah, so we're in the media net, uh, and Sarah gives your typical corporate phony interview, um, saying you know her ex-husband, blah blah blah, dead, bad guy, whatever. And now Robo sits back in his chair, looking. No, 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 no. They say that that her husband. It turns out that he was not. That cable, the news says that cable was not actually bone machine, but that he was part of a of a plot, basically to lure bone machine out, and like mm. that's why they had leaked out that 
Cable was Bone Machine. It was a way to like draw out Bone Machine to fight him and then for them to capture him. That doesn't really make any sense, but they do clear John Cable's name. Right. Uh, presumably because they're going to turn him into Robo Cable. Right, right, exactly. Um, and uh, so, yeah, RoboCop is sitting in his chair and he's crying, which, I mean, I, as a RoboCop fan, I don't really need to see RoboCop cry, but, I mean, what can you do? Paige Fletcher is a. <laughs> I don't know, uh, you know, soap opera actor, I guess. Uh, I mean, it's, I think it's okay. I don't know. What What do you think? Did you want to see RoboCop cry? <laughs> I mean, I don't really mind that they did it. It could have been more subtle, mm. but uh, like maybe just have his eyes well up. Right. Kind of a thing. But he's already uh, but, making you know, that face through 75% of the movie. Um, well, the thing is like, yeah, like I, I've already said, I'm not like a huge fan of Paige's performance, but from a story standpoint, I don't mind it because he's, this is 13 years Mm -hmm. since the first RoboCop movie. So, you know, he's older. Yeah. He's still robotic, but you know, even it's not like he didn't have some emotions and some piece of his humanity in the first few films. So to me, it makes sense that in 13 years, maybe he's a little bit more in touch with his humanity than he used to be. So I'm okay with the cry. I agree. I agree. Yeah, you better. <laughs> okay, I don't. All right, cut to uh, Sarah Cable and some doctors are looking down, like into camera, as if they're looking over something. It's uh, that sort of, um, you know, POV was used a lot in the original RoboCop movie. And uh, then they pan over to a new um, RoboCop helmet, like sitting on a surgical table or whatever. And then. That's the end, and it says like RoboCop will return in like meltdown or whatever. Um, so when you when you saw that helmet, did you did you pop? Like, what were your thoughts? Um, no, I didn't pop. I popped. Uh, oh, excuse me. Um, but I, I thought it was pretty cool uh, ending. Um, I mean, I should we rate it first or? Uh... Oh yeah, sure. Well, uh, I'll ro- roll the. Uh beautiful bean footage all right um bone you hell do you think Mm. that robocop prime directives dark justice should be remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black robo void of obscurity never to be heard from again uh, before I give my answer, Smoke Monsters in the chat just wanted to say hello. He asked if RoboCop was huge in Canada or something, and uh, I do think uh, yeah, RoboCop was one of those movies that it was pretty popular in Canada as well, from what I vaguely recall. I mean, RoboCop is huge everywhere. everywhere. There's like a yeah. weird Japanese commercials with RoboCop in it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'd say he's almost as well known as like a Batman or something like that. Uh, I, it's yeah. just that this was a Canadian production. So uh, that allows us to make plenty of uh, Canadian jokes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And if you can't RoboCope with that, uh, his popularity, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know what to say to you. But uh, in terms of whether I think it should be remembered or not, uh, I would say, yeah, it should be remembered. Um, is it perfect? No. Uh, I think the fact that it leans into the camp and uh, satire uh, pretty heavily really helps what is I, – I don't know if I'd say it's a weak script, but it's not the strongest script. 
like some of the dialogue is a little clunky here and there. And there's a couple parts that uh, I felt kind of drag a little bit. Like maybe it's more the pacing. Like I, I don't think they paced out the flashbacks very well. Like it's like the movie's mo- bumping along, moving along, moving along, moving along. And then suddenly you get like a flash flashback that maybe is slower paced. Uh, so those would be my really only big complaints, but it's only 90 minutes. So, you know, it goes by pretty fast, all things considered, but yeah, uh, I am surprised, uh, that I'm giving it a remember this, uh, because I thought it was going to be like the TV series, the American one. I thought you'd like this. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that, uh, that positive review. I think it's a pretty strong script, which, uh, I mean, I think that's why I like it so much, because, yes, uh, the Paige Fletcher RoboCop is um, kind of hard to to take in. It's almost like the Canadian band Rush. It's like the music is great, but it's hard to get past Getty Lee's singing, you know? Yes, um, thank you. Uh, but His uh, voice is, it's, he's a great singer, but his voice, the tone of it is rather great. Yeah, and um, I mean, and when I first started listening to Rush, I mean, that was my kind of like my problem i was like man this music is awesome like awesome bass playing but like god that you know that singing is so high but anyway i got used to it kind of like how i got used to Paige fletcher as uh as robocop and um and yeah i think the at least the plot of the script is very strong and there might be some pacing issues here and there and yeah obviously they had a pretty small budget which I don't know. I think works uh, t- in their favor in some ways. Just I agree because it's uh, yeah very campy or pulpy, I would say, and this uh, resembles the Marvel comic uh, that we are going to uh, be checking out later this month. And um, my question to you though is: Do you think you're going to watch any of the other Prime Directives episodes? Um, I don't know. Um, I might. But I'll be honest, if I do, it'll probably be kind of on in the background while I'm doing something else. And I'll, I'll still be paying attention to it, but... Uh, Cleaning but, your but you know what? casket. I mean, yeah. This isn't like something that you need to like pay 100% attention to anyways. The story's pretty easy to follow. And when I said like the script isn't that strong, I, I mean like I think the story is strong. I just think the dialogue at times is a little like hokey here and there. Sure. But you know, it's... It's early 2000s, you know, TV, made-for-TV movies, so it's mm-hmm. it's not going to be uh, quite perfect. But in other times, like, it's the dialogue is surprisingly, like, mm-hmm. acerbic and uh, sharp like a movie. Like, when that guy tell, says, uh, uncensored, do you want to, to that woman, do you want to wear your asshole as a necklace? <laughs> like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think... Uh, <laughs> It's better than it had uh, any right to be, and uh, the action scenes are awesome, uh, even if you don't really care for, you know, some of the uh, boring sort of OCP backstory. I mean, I, I find it kind of intriguing, but... Uh, so, is there is there more backstory in this first one than the other three? Do you remember? Yes, because you've seen because, them all. I mean, it gets uh, pretty crazy. Like, uh, I don't... I mean, obviously... Robo Cable shows up, and of course they're gonna fight each other at first, and then uh, spoiler alerts, they're gonna team up, and then at one point they like team up with these. I don't know. They're gonna r- Robo copulate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's no. They don't have a Robo sexual relationship. You hell. They're robo just friends. cohabitate. They're Robo friends. Okay. Um, okay. But it gets uh, pretty crazy. They go to like old Detroit, and RoboCop teams up with these like uh, 
cyberpunk terrorists or something. It's almost gets to like levels of if there was ever a RoboCop 2099, like this would be it. Um, okay, that actually sounds okay. Okay, I, I might I might watch the because ones now. At, uh, I think it ends, and I mean, with RoboCop having to fight that AI in some way or another, and also James Murphy ends up playing a big role in like the third or fourth movie. But yeah, it gets pretty crazy. I I highly recommend if you like RoboCop, I think you should watch the whole thing. Um, and that goes to everyone listening and watching. Okay, I moment. think you, I, I think you sold me. Although, you also think surf Nazis must oh, then just must die as a Man. great film. So. You're so antagonistic today, Jesus! What? I'm not antagonistic. Whoa, I, I, I'm very chill. I'm very zen. I'm, I'm robocopacetic. You're a you robo bastard, <laughs> is what you are. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think you could conceivably you could watch robocop one and then skip probably everything else and then watch this and be pretty uh pretty satisfied i think because so funny you mentioned that because in the chat smoke monster had asked how does it compare uh dark robocop prime directives compared to uh robocop two and three and i told him well i think it's way i think it's better than robocop two and three what, what do you think oh i agree 100 percent. i mean RoboCop 2 is uh, definitely watchable, but it's really more of the same as RoboCop 1, only but not as good. <laughs> and, of course, everyone pretty much hates RoboCop 3 because it was uh, PG-13. Um, I mean, I think the story is more in-depth here, and it's more, and at the same time, more over-the-top than those other movies because they throw in all that other... I mean, there's, you know, you get RoboCable... Um, you know, there's the big fight against AI at the end. It's more cyberpunk and more like Marvel yeah. 2099 uh, than the other stuff. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I and I do like that we get so much OCP backstory, mm -hmm. and I like that um, one thing that they do well is they show you more than they tell you in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Like, like when we find out that OCP has an orphanage from um, <laughs> what's his face, uh, James Murphy. Uh, James Murphy, thank you. You know, like, I mean, yeah, literally James Murphy is saying it like in a bit of exposition, mm -hmm. but, you know, it it's a scene that's supposed to be about his backstory, but really he's giving you backstory about OCP and the world that you live in, and it's a really natural way to do it. Um, so they, they do that a few times uh, with, like, posters in the background in the subway. Uh, so, yeah, they, they do that stuff uh, really well. Smoke Monster said that we need a robo-marriage counselor. A marriage robo-counselor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we're, we're, we're fine. We're yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Uh, you mind your own business. But, uh, mind your own robo-business. But, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I, I, I liked this uh, definitely a lot more than I thought I would. And I think this shows you, because I would say if this was like a movie that was released in theaters, it would be PG-13. Mm -hmm. uh, like RoboCop 3, but be I think because they don't have the budget to make these big stupid set pieces and like, oh, we're going to add this accessory to RoboCop, you know, he's going to have a power glove now or whatever. <laughs> uh, you know, so they, this, so they had to like make the story and acting uh, and tone more interesting. Yeah. Uh, because I'm sure the budget. And so like you said earlier, it really works to their favor. So yeah, I still remember. Oh, by the way, uh, RoboCable, he's got two guns that come out of his legs two guns all right oh. remembered in accordance to obscure to now the most important streaming youtube podcast in all of the internet you shall be remembered <laughs>
Yes. Good show. Good, good show. All right. Well, uh, hopefully if... Uh, people who are listening or on the fence about checking out RoboCop Prime Directives, we change their mind. But hey, let us know down in the comments what you think about RoboCop Prime Directives Dark Justice. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I literally almost thought you were frozen there for a second. I thought this was like the first year and a half of this show where the computer, yes, right. the one that I built, kept screwing up every time. But luckily, those days are long behind us. Nothing but clear yeah. sky, clear robo skies ahead, eh, buddy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if you're looking for something to watch with your family this uh, Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday, uh, why don't you uh, put down? Uh, I don't even know what Thanksgiving, what people watch on Thanksgiving, but put down, put down, your down that copies of Thanksgiving three. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, watch some RoboCop Prime Directives here on YouTube or on Tubi. Do you think um, you're going to watch the Thanksgiving horror movie in the in the movie theater? Have you seen that trailer yet? Are you going to watch that? Uh, no, I don't think I'm going to watch it. I mean, are you? It looks uh, looks not good. Well, it's weird because you know it's um, it was originally like a joke trailer that premiered in Grindhouse. Remember Grindhouse? Uh, yeah, I remember. I didn't watch the, uh... You never thing. watched Grindhouse? No. Ah, why are we even friends? <laughs> well, I'm very sorry. Uh, yeah, you should be. Um, you you, you, you want to know, because, uh, I didn't, uh, I didn't watch it, because it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, well, and, uh, Robert Rodriguez, he did the first, it's two movies. The first one is a Robert Rodriguez movie, and the second one... Is yeah, Quentin Tarantino's worst movie, Death Proof. But um, but hey, the the fake movie trailers in there are pretty funny, pretty fun. Uh, well, maybe maybe I'll look for the clip of the fake trailers. Yeah, but this movie doesn't even look as extreme as that fake trailer was. But uh, anyway, um, before we sign off here, <laughs> there's a couple of things going on in the reptilian media universe or obscureverse, as I like to call it sometimes. <laughs> Uh, and that is, of course, uh, hopefully you've seen the advertisement here on the Obscuratron. I'm uh, a week deep in the Kickstarter for Escape to Earth uh, Issue 3. Um, please uh, help us continue the insane dinosaur action. There will be a link in the description. Why even Yehel here has already contributed to it. So should be you should do like him and uh, contribute to Escape to Earth. Um, and also, yes, they, that's a glowing, uh, glowing recommendation right there. Uh, also, uh, I will put, um, a link to the Kickstarter, uh, in the chat. Oh, thank you. Um, also, uh, the, my audio drama podcast, Ray Can't Sleep is now on YouTube. So I know there's some people who are like, oh, I don't do podcasts, but I'll listen to them on YouTube. So this is for you, everyone. So all 10 episodes are up there just on the regular um, Reptilian Media YouTube channel. So uh, check it out if you like a dash of paranormal and comedy combined into one. It would have been perfect to listen to on Halloween. Um, uh, anything else before we sign off here, old Robo Chum? Uh, no, no, I think we robo-covered everything. <laughs> I think so, too. All right, well, we will see you uh, next Sunday as we will be covering yet another uh, obscure 
robo piece of media um only here and maybe some other podcasts on obscurity now we will see you next week you've been enjoying obscurity now a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to twitch and youtube subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts and take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure Now.